Well, hello, how are you today? Good. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it for sure. So it's been a really great uh, week here at Horizons. We've had a, tr a very successful trunk or treat. I've heard between anywhere of 500 and 750 kids. I'm not sure, but there were a lot of kids and a lot of families here. Uh, we collected hygiene products for the the People City Mission, which was amazing. We had real live reindeer here and a sleigh inviting people to uh, come back for our Christmas services and events here at Horizons. And today it's my first ever costume palooza, which I'm pretty excited about. So that's fun. I figured I'd get ready for VBS next year. Uh, of course, the theme is uh, stellar, right? The space theme, or we're going to travel all over the place. So I'm ready for that. Um, I, I said it earlier when we were meeting and uh, one of the little girls was like, is it next week? Is VBS next week? I'm like, oh no, sorry. Um, anyway, uh, if you are new with us, I'm Pastor Mandy Barkhouse, and I want to welcome you to this space. Uh, all are welcome in this space. This is a space where we are a family. We are, we, we are learning how to love God better. We are learning how to love one another better, and it's a journey, and I'm glad that you're here. If you would like to text us, if you are new or would like to start a conversation with us, you can, of course, if you're in person, you can catch me or one of the other staff out in the atrium after the service. Um, if you're here or if you're worshiping with us online, you can text uh, the number on your screen, 402-512-5700. Just text hello and we will start a conversation that way. So the scripture uh, for today that we've been hearing over the last several weeks, um, today we're going to be studying the part of the scripture about building with wood and hay and precious stones. And it reminds me, of course, of the childhood fable, The Three Little Pigs. So, The Three Little Pigs, you will remember, is the story of a mama pig who sent her three little piggies out into the world. The first pig built his house out of straw because he was lazy. The second pig built his house out of sticks because he was somewhat lazy. So the two of them finished pretty early and they sang and they danced and they played the rest of the day. Now, the third pig, he spent all day and he worked and worked hard and he built his house out of bricks, complete with a fireplace and a chimney. Now, of course, the wolf came along and went to the first house that was made of straw, and he huffed and he puffed, and he blew that little house down, and the pig ran to the safety of his brother's brick home. Then the wolf went to the second home made of sticks, and he huffed and he puffed, and he blew the house down, and uh, the, the pig ran to the safety of his brother's brick house. And then, of course, the, the wolf went to the third pig's house made of brick, and uh, the three little pigs were safe in that house. So I want to revisit again the scripture. I want you to keep that story in kind of in the back of your head, but let's go back to the scripture. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 8 through 15. 
It says, the one who plants and the one who waters work together, but each one will receive their own reward for their own labor. We are God's co-workers and you are God's field, God's building. I laid a foundation like a wise master builder according to God's grace that was given to me, but someone else is building on top of it. Each person needs to pay attention to the way they build on it. No one can lay any other foundation besides the one that is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So whether someone builds on top of the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, glass, or hay, each one's work will be clearly shown. The day will make it clear because it will be revealed with fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work survives, they'll get a reward, but if anyone's work goes up in flames, they'll lose it. However, they themselves will be saved as if they had gone through a fire. May the Spirit work within us through these words today. Now, back to the story of the three little pigs. Fun fact, the three little pigs uh, started out, the original story was three pixies and a fox. Who knew? And the first three little pigs, when they, when they made it to the three little pigs and the wolf, that first version of that, the two little pigs, the first two little pigs, uh, they did not run safely to their brother's brick house, but instead they did not make it safely away from the wolf. Now, each of these three little pigs built their homes independently. But in our scripture, Paul is talking about this example of a building, but it's not independent. It's a part of a community. Now, there's one foundation, Jesus Christ as the foundation, and everyone in the church comes and builds on top of the one foundation. And when the fire comes, uh, temptation or enemy or however we want to look at that, the enemy will test everyone's work. But because it is on one foundation, it won't end up for good for the enemy that tries to keep us away from Jesus, just like it didn't end up good for the wolf. Now, time is a good test. Time will be the test of our faith in Jesus, uh, but we do not get to judge other people's faith in Jesus, right? God is the judge. God does the judging. That goes for how people spend their money or live their lives or who they marry or anything else we tend to judge people for. Now, once we understand that Jesus is this foundation that we are built on, uh, we understand that we are God's children and part of the family, and as part of the family, we are loved. Now, you are not uh, only just invited into God's home, but you are actually part of God's home. And so we all must contribute to this building on top of this foundation. And we all have something to give, right? Even teaching our children to understand the importance of giving is, is both uh, essential and a beautiful, beautiful thing. 
So you ask, how does this all apply to how much we give back to God with our financial resources? Well, before a society of money, uh, the only thing you had to pay with was uh, with goods, crops, livestock, natural resources, and those kind of things. And of course, we still have goods and services today that we can trade and barter and use as collateral. But money is most often today used to uh, gain things or allow things to grow. Now, this week, uh, we're going to ask you to consider how much uh, you will give to support the mission here of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll ask you to turn in your estimate of giving for 2023. Now, I always say that this is an invitation to give. And if you are a guest here at Horizons, uh, this is 100% absolutely true. But for committed members, uh, regular attenders, for those who are growing and serving and have given themselves to, to this community with the foundation of Jesus Christ, it moves from more of an invitation into kind of an expectation. And that's because giving has biblical roots, right? This, is, this comes from um, some really important biblical truths. So let's look at some of those biblical, biblical truths. First, uh, we are invited to give our first fruits. So there's a lot of verses about this. Here's a couple of them. Exodus 34, 26, the best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. And then the last part of the verse, you shall not boil a kid in your mother's milk. Good. Yes, I agree with that one. Uh, another uh, verse, Deuteronomy 18.4, you must also give the priest the first portions of your grain, wine, and oil, and the first of your sheep's shearing. Now, this idea of giving your first fruits is all throughout the Old Testament, and it's simple. First, give to God before you give or do anything else. Uh, not waiting until the end of the month or end of the year to see what's left over but give first. Now, the second concept found in the Bible regarding our offering is the idea of proportional giving. Now, most of us know the word tithe. We're giving 10% of our income. We, 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 we know about tithing, but most of us don't know that tithing is really kind of a Jewish principle. And in the New Testament, the New Testament teaches more about proportional giving. Now, setting aside a proportion of your income is what I'm talking about. But the New Testament teaches that 10% across the board is not necessarily suitable for everyone. Imagine a single parent who is trying to raise children, uh, maybe working a, a lower-paying job, trying to make ends meet. Giving 10% of their income for that family may be devastating for them. So maybe 1% giving of their, the proportion of their income that they can give is 1%. And that would be a faithful gift them. 
Then on the opposite side, you think of others who may have more income coming in and they easily live a comfortable life with a house and two cars and uh, disposable income. Giving 10% for that family uh, might not seem like much to them. So, so maybe they move to giving 15% of their income and that would be a faithful gift for them. So the Bible also teaches that uh, about regular giving, not sporadic giving. So 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2 says, On the first day of the week, each of you should set aside whatever you can afford from what you earn so that the collection won't be delayed until I come. Now this goes back to the first fruits. Uh, first we give, um, not from our leftovers, because if we're honest, if we wait until the end of the month, uh, a lot of times it doesn't happen. Because uh, if you're anything like me, you know, you have a little extra money, so maybe you go out to eat just one more time, or you grab a couple extra Starbucks lattes, right? Uh, and then the end of the month comes and you really don't have much left over. So the principles that we have so far uh, on giving is giving, giving first, first fruits, uh, giving regularly, and giving a proportion of your income that makes sense for you. Now, everyone has something to give. Everyone is contributing to building on the foundation of Jesus. And that is a beautiful idea that we all have something to give. Now, I know for some of you uh, who live south of here especially, we're, we're very attentive to the burning fires last Sunday. Now, some of you were worried about your, your property, your fields, your, your, your house, your animals, uh, because we know, we know how devastating and how, how devastating fires can be, how quickly fires can move. And it's clear in our scripture that uh, the gold and the silver and the precious stones, they, they're more valuable than the wood and, and the hay, right? They are going to withstand the fires. Now, in the scripture, these materials uh, may refer to, to the actual material, but it also may refer to the motivation of those doing the building. So it says, let each builder choose how to build on it with care. Because what looks like hay to you may actually be gold to God. Because it's about proportional giving. And we are not the judge of what someone else gives. In other words, if, if someone gives a little or a lot, it's, it's what's in their heart that counts the most, and, and no one but God knows the motivation there. And this certainly applies for more than money. Uh, we judge others uh, what they spend, how much they travel, who their spouse is, where they live, what they do for a living. And I know I said this already in my sermon about not judging others, but I do want to put a little asterisk there. Because sometimes as a Christian community, we're invited to encourage one another in love to uh, think maybe about what they are doing. But we have to build those relationships first, and we have to understand uh, and do things in love. 
Now, the third principle I want to talk about is sacrificial giving. The Old Testament is full of sacrificial giving, bringing offerings of animals and grains to the altar. God, God's people did this to atone for their sins and become right with God. But then God sent Jesus as this ultimate sacrifice, ultimate atonement on the cross for us. So this means that we no longer have to sprinkle blood throughout the room when we sin. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful our church is not sprinkled with the blood of animals for a lot of reasons, but mainly because it would be my job to collect it and sprinkle it and clean it up. So rather than bringing this blood, blood life offering, uh, the offering of the lifeblood, offerings come from a faith in Jesus as an act of love for God. Now, the best and greatest example of proportional and sacrificial giving comes from Jesus' words at the temple regarding the widow's offering. So this is Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. Looking up, Jesus saw rich people throwing their gifts into the collection box for the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow throw in two small copper coins worth a penny. He said, I assure you that this poor widow has put in more than them all. All of them are giving out of their spare change, but she from her hopeless poverty has given everything she had to live on. This is proportional and sacrificial giving. Mother Teresa said, give until it hurts. And she was talking about giving love until it hurts. But this, this saying is really true for the widow who gave all that she had to live on. Now, most of us don't want to hear. We don't want to hear that, that giving uh, is supposed to be a little uncomfortable right? That we're stretching ourselves just a little bit. It's uncomfortable, but it does not mean that it's not joyful. And the joy comes from the sacrifice that we are giving rather than the amount. And that's the last principle, is give with a cheerful heart. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, everyone should give whatever they have decided in their heart. They shouldn't give with hesitation or because of pressure. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, on our website, we, we list these as our values. Our values are this, relationship. We connect in worship by encountering Jesus. Life change. We grow with a group by maturing spiritually. Love, we serve on the team by being Jesus's light. And then leadership, we give to the mission by investing in hope. I love that line, investing in hope. We give to the mission by investing in hope. 
Now, if you are a financial person, you know the power of investments. You know that uh, the worldly market has these ups and downs, uh, but you also know that the foundational good investments will always bring a yield. Jesus is that type of investment. We build together on the foundation of Jesus because Jesus is that type of investment. We bring what we can, we bring what we've decided in our heart, we bring cheerfully. Now, giving is a, a beautiful spiritual practice. It's not meant to cause stress or, uh, or, or, or hurt, but r rather a chance for us to connect with God and to show our thankfulness for Jesus who changes lives. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, Thank you so much for the foundation that we have of Jesus Christ. And we are, we are doing what we can to build on that foundation, to, to give what, what we are able to give so that we can uh, provide hope for the world. And God, you, you are the one that's providing hope. We give you credit for that. But yet we know that you use us. You use our gifts, you use our resources, you use our, our strengths, you use our abilities. Uh, you use us when we are uh, in good times, you use us when we are in uh, bad times or difficult times. So we ask you, God, to, to guide us this week as we continue to uh, show, show the world who you are. That there is hope in a dark world and that we can be a part of that. And that foundation that we have built on Jesus will, it will, can withstand anything, will withstand the fires of the world, will withstand the enemies of the world, will withstand uh, all of the storms of life. And you will conquer. God, we say all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.